HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that Wisconsin leads the nation in the production of specialty cheeses, accounting for 47% of the total? To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com. Hey, this is Kat, Communications Director of HRN, here with a preview of Episode 2 of Meat and 3. This week, we're talking pork. We'll learn the best way to make a BLT. I don't think I've ever successfully made a BLT just because I eat the bacon before any other part. How pitmasters and restaurateurs are helping put small-scale pig farmers back to work in Alabama. It's all about money. That's the bottom line. What pork has to do with economics. Farmers could be particularly affected by China's threat to levy its own tariffs on pork and soybeans. And with government. Basically all of politics is pork at this point. So tune in on Friday afternoon for your weekly serving of Meat in 3. And make sure you subscribe to be the first to know when new episodes air. Hello, this is Diane Stemple on Heritage Radio Network's Cutting the Curd. Today, I have in studio with me the author Tia Keenan, whose newest book is called Chev and is the 33rd volume of the Short Stack series. Welcome back to the show, Tia. Hi, Diane. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. (laughs) So first and foremost, my question is, how did this book come about? Mm. Well, I wrote, this is my second book. So I my, know. Yeah, my first book was Art of the Cheese Plate. and um, Much bigger, much longer. Yeah, a lo- mm-hmm. bigger, hundred, almost 200-page book. Mm-hmm. Um, glossy little book with lots of photographs. Um, so after that came out, um, I ended up just being in conversation about a, a couple of different projects, and I pitched to Short Sack Editions mm-hmm. that... I wanted to do a chef Uh. and they hadn't done a cheese book. Like I cannot believe that it took 33 volumes for them to get to a cheese. That seems strange. Yeah. Maybe because cheese is too big. I don't know. I mean, I just think maybe some people are intimidated to write about it. Um, In that short 
a format? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so I def I knew 100% that I wanted to write about Chev. And I also mm-hmm. felt pretty strongly that Chev was a really great first cheese edition for them mm-hmm. to do because mm-hmm. it's such a, um, I'm not going to say seminal. I'm going to say it's such an ovular um, <laughs> cheese. <laughs> ovular. Okay. Mm. Okay. We'll go to our <clears throat> dictionaries on that one. Yeah. Um, so, so you were not approached by them and had to talk them into goat cheese. You already wanted to do goat yeah, cheese. Yeah, I pitched, I pitched that. And, um, I have to play dumb. Okay. Why goat cheese? Why goat cheese? Um, well, uh, let me see. So first there's the sort of technical thing about Chev, which is that mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a basic, simple cheese. Fresh cheeses are the simplest cheeses that you can make. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that sort of basicness of mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Um, which I felt works for this edition. And is Short Stack always a recipe collection? Yeah, so Short Stack is there um they put out four a year, I believe, and they're single subject um mini cookbooks. And so there's been everything from eggs to broccoli to prosciutto de parma to my book chef. Mm-hmm. And so it's a collection. My book is a collection of 21 recipes. Um, that all feature Chev in some capacity. And it's everything from drinks to mm-hmm. desserts to mm-hmm. appetizers, entrees. Now, do they request a certain number of recipes or yeah, are the I, books different? The, all the books are around 20, okay. 22 recipes, I mm-hmm. think. Are all the recipes, are the recipes in the book already your favorites? Or did you invent some new ones? Uh, it was a combination of both. So mm-hmm. I definitely... When I was framing the book, I just really first and foremost wanted to do justice to the ingredient and show all the different ways that the ingredient could be used and also showcase the different um, techniques that you could apply to the ingredient to Mm -hmm. use it optimally. Mm -hmm. So I had some recipes that I knew that I wanted to use. I had some flavor combinations that I knew that I really wanted to use. And Mm -hmm. then I also... Uh, came up with some new stuff and kind of challenged myself to, um, you know, go outside of my comfort zone. And I was writing this simultaneously while I was writing my next book, which comes out in October, which is another large book um, from Rizzoli called Melt, Stretch, Sizzle, The Art of Cooking Cheese. Um, And so that that expands on this one, I presume. It's the, the... Melt stretch sizzle is a is a follow up to Art of the Cheese Plate. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so, you know, I was working on these two books concurrently, and and Short Stack was really different from the other book I was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about in the book in Chev that you know goat cheese is Chev is like the lemon juice of the cheese world, mm-hmm. and so I I had like a real lightness working with this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really nice because the other book I was writing was about cooked, melted, you know, rich, heavy cheese. So it was fun to do those mm-hmm. two at the same time. Now, do you make the recipes easier for public use? Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it's when you write a cookbook, you want you want people to be able to make your recipes. I mean, okay. I'm not – there are definitely cookbooks, and I certainly own a few that – 
aren't really about making the recipe. You know, I think about like Thomas Keller's books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of his, They're not, not all of his books. not even about buying the ingredients, yeah. probably. I mean, some of his books are more accessible, but there are books, you know, with, with 50 ingredients to each recipe. And I definitely, right. Short Stack Chef is definitely an accessible mm-hmm. book. I it wanted seems to, quite so. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to keep, I wanted you to be able to cook from it. And I also wanted people to really be able to learn about Chef as an ingredient. Mm-hmm through cooking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of the purpose of all of the short stacks is to really get people to think about the specific ingredient. Right. Um, to and all go multiple. deep in its uses, but not too difficult so that you can't cook it. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a first, I'm a self-taught cook. I didn't go to culinary school mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I love to cook and I'm not cooking I'm not like sous eating dinner every night. <laughs> That's not how things go down in my house. So um, no. I'm a cook. I'm a okay. cook's cook. I'm a okay. woman in the kitchen mm-hmm. type of cook. Okay. Now, how much testing goes on, recipe testing? And do you do it or does someone else mm-hmm. do it? So usually the process for me, and I know it's different for everyone, is I actually start by writing a recipe. Mm-hmm. So I will... Um, figure out what I want to cook, think about how I'm going to cook it, write the, the thought of that. So write the ingredients list, write the, the process list, mm-hmm. and then I'll cook it for the first time and make the adjust, the major adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm lucky, if I'm not lucky, <laughs> you know, I have to start, I have to do that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm lucky, I make one big adjustment, mm-hmm. then I cook it again and do finesse adjustments. And that's usually a lot of adjustment in the process part because mm-hmm. like the ingredient amounts are usually fixed on the first and certainly the second try. Uh-huh. And by the third, I'm really like just making sure that in the process, the description of telling people what yeah, to do of all the little details of, you know, when things are ready, the mm-hmm. timing on how mm-hmm. long to cook something. And then, um, I hand off to usually a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> and say, can you cook this mm-hmm. and give me back any notes that you have? Mm-hmm. And then I do the final, so it's like usually three or four times cooking so it. So that's a lot, especially if it's a bigger book. When, for big books, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, like my, my... There's a lot of eating going on in your house. Yeah, there's like, I think, yeah, it's a lot. I, I mean, I'm always just my neighbors. I'm like, who... Actually, this year, because I was cooking, because I was writing two cookbooks at the same time, I would put on the local community page on Facebook. Come get... Anyone, this is what I cooked. I would post a picture of it and I would give people a window. I would say, anyone can come to my house between three and five o'clock and pick up this food. And it was a really great way to meet people in my community. And so strangers were just picking up food for for months. It was really fun, actually. It was, I loved it. I wish I still lived there. I would be coming (laughs) knocking on your door. Tia and I uh, lived, I lived in Kew Gardens and she lives in Kew Gardens mm-hmm. now. And I, I had my son there mm-hmm. and walked around, walked the streets of Kew Gardens uh, I mean, for five the, years. It's the Mayberry of New York City. It's this really <laughs> small town and everyone knows each other and it's got a little main street. and it's That's really falling cute. apart. Yeah. <laughs> Is the homestead still there? The homestead's still there. You have to tell people what the homestead is. It's this old school Polish deli, deli. with uh, cheese. They 
do they have, have some cheese, cheese. Yeah. yeah they yeah, do mostly meats, meats and charcuterie yeah. and yeah. prepared foods mm-hmm. it's been there for like 60 years or and something. there were two there was one in forest hills and one that in Kew one Gardens. closed oh okay yeah. okay <laughs> well anyway i walked down memory lane so um let's see how long from start to finish was this book was working on this book this one took me, um, because it's a little book, it took me about um, five months, six months, mm-hmm. something like that, maybe a little more if I include editing, mm-hmm. the editing process. Now, what are the hard parts and what are the easy parts to work on? Hmm. Well, it dep- I mean, it's different on each book. So the hard parts can be, and I've definitely had this happen, those recipes that just won't that cooperate. You, yeah, that just won't cooperate. So that mm-hmm. can be really hard when you're making something over and over and over again. Do you ever ditch it? Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> that's the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, the head notes sometimes can be hard. The just intro. The, yeah, the little you intros. know, at the beginning of the recipe, you write mm-hmm. a little yeah. paragraph. Those are the most fun for me, the reader. Yeah, you know, sometimes it just you gets, come across in that. You have to, you have to. I'm learning now because now that I've written three cookbooks, I know some of the 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 tricks, the pitfalls, really oh, okay. for myself. Okay. So if I wait off on all the head notes and try to write them consecutively, oh, that would be too I get hard. like head night note burnout. So I have yeah. to sort of do them in chunks and keep. I, I can't let them pile up too or much. Or do them when you have an idea, you know, to yeah. say, oh, this is a cool idea yeah. for this I recipe. can't let them pile up, so yeah. I, try to, I try to not let them <laughs> pile. Okay. And what are your favorite parts to work on? Um, I mean, I love cooking the recipes. I do love, you know, Diane, I'm like a... a a typical writer mm-hmm. writing can be complete and total joy for me and it can also make me want to like slip my wrist <laughs> <laughs> so you know the, the same things that that can be challenging like you, I just said that you know sometimes the recipes can be challenging sometimes those can also be the most joyful part right I mean when you especially with my process where I think of the recipe first I write it down then I cook it for the first time um, you know, there's something really satisfying about being able to conceptualize a dish in your mind, put it onto paper, and then cook it off of that paper and have it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like that moment where I'm like, is it possible I'm a genius? <laughs> I know the answer is no. I said it was just a moment, so you don't have to laugh. But, um, but no, it's it must be very satisfying to yeah. have done it well and done it well the first time. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you feel like you've got magic fingers, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or a magic brain, maybe. Yeah, well, <laughs> cooking's very physical, so. Uh, now, you state in the book mm-hmm. that goat's milk is the most popular milk on the planet. Yeah. Is that true? That's totally true. I did not know this. Wow. At all. What is your source? Where does it say this? I actually like found many source- sources for that because I knew that that's yeah. a very big it's statement wild. to me. Um, Goats don't make that much milk. Yeah, but they're so much easier to take care of. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, most of the world is still drinking goat's milk, subsisting on a dollar a day and okay. all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're talking about cows require so many resources. Right. So we have to not forget that most of the world is still poor. 
And goats are the poor man's friend. I mean, they mm-hmm. really are the easiest um, livestock mm-hmm. to take care of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they feed, they feed you. They don't produce the amount of milk that a cow does, but they do produce milk every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And they eat a really broad diet. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't take take as much land as cows do. And it can be any kind of land. And it can I, be like any kind of land. land. And, and, and women take care of them just as much as men take mm-hmm. care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and children take care of them. Because mm-hmm. they're small. Because they're small. And yeah. so they're really a utilitarian yeah, milking okay. animal. Okay. I mean, that's what I figured when I saw <laughs> that wild statement. Yeah. But it was just hard because there's not... In America, we don't love goat's milk. Yeah. And we don't... It's it's now in most grocery stores, but mm-hmm. it did... You know, that's fairly recent. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I just was... Wow! I mean, I remember even just 10 years ago, if you wanted to buy goat's milk, you either had to go to the farmer's market or you could buy canned goat's milk. I remember Mayenberg used to make canned oh. goat's milk. Oh, the butter guy. Yeah. Uh, Well, the butter's good. But you couldn't, but you didn't, there wasn't goat's milk just in the milk aisle like there is now. Yeah. 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 Now, you call for uh, goat milk, goat yogurt, and goat butter Mm -hmm. in most of your recipes? Yeah. So I had to to make a decision, and the decision is that I wanted to use all goat's milk dairy in the recipes, but I also cooked the recipes with cow's milk dairy. Okay. So good. It works. Chev is the backbone. Okay. And readers can use cow's milk or goat's milk, but I really encourage them to use goat's milk products because okay. they reinforce the okay. flavors of the chef. And and do you change amounts? Do you does it affect the taste terribly or no. different recipes different? You don't change amount. Oh, and I will say about butter, um, I do use cow's milk butter in the book. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Because Butter does the difference between goat's milk butter and cow's milk butter is is they're very different and mm-hmm. they cook very differently. Okay, um, with milk and yogurt, you have they they you don't have to adjust the recipe, mm-hmm. but you do notice a difference in the flavor. Okay, um, goat's milk yogurt and goat's milk itself are, are tangier, a little mm-hmm. bit gamier. Mm-hmm. So again, they reinforce that chef flavor. And the fat molecules are different. The mm-hmm. the relationship between fat and protein is different in cow's milk and goat's milk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of foolproofed the recipes so that oh good yeah good. works out yeah because I was surprised to see that uh, sort of insistence in the beginning yeah and then worried like uh oh what what will this do to all the recipes yeah okay good so um, and it doesn't affect that much taste no I mean I I think that it, it might make it more pure or more yeah more and also I just want people to understand that that I think that in in American first of all American cooks are not confident at all because our cooking doesn't come so much from fa- familial tradition mm-hmm. as it does from like the professional class so so, you know, reading books or looking on the internet or whatever. Um, so there's like a lack of confidence, I think, for American home cooks. And I just wanted people to understand that like there may be a little bit of a difference between cow's milk and goat's milk, but like milk is milk. And if you're paying attention to your cooking, 
you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to, you have freedom within a Mm -hmm. recipe Mm -hmm. to make little adjustments and it's not going to ruin the perfection of your recipe. Mm -hmm. Like part of cooking is, 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 is learning and and using ingredients and like Mm -hmm. going with the ebb and flow of an ingredient. Now I have a question. What is the price? I've never bought goat's milk. So Mm. is it much more expensive? Um, I think it's a little bit more expensive, but not but too no, not too much more expensive than organic, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Okay. So, how often do you cook in real life? I mean, I feel like I'm always cooking, <laughs> um, well, all the time. In between doing a book, yeah. No, I cook all the time. Like today, uh-huh. I um. I have a an event to do for the Chev book on Wednesday, so I had to bake um, 200 cookies. <laughs> well, they were sandwich cookies, so I really just needed 100. Oh, okay. But I needed 200 to make oh. 100 sandwich cookies. So I did that, but I'm defro- I was defrosting a duck, too, because I'm going <laughs> to... Because I'm going to... Um, Roast a duck? I'm going to... Well... The way that the best way I've ever made duck, and you have to do this with small ducks, is you air dry it in your fridge and you rub it with spices and salt and you dry it out for a week Mm. and then you slow cook it, um, like really low oven, like 250 for a Mm -hmm. couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do that this weekend because my family's (laughs) visiting from out of town. So, like, I defrosted the duck and I'm always cooking. You're already working on that. Yeah, I'm always cooking. Okay, okay. Well, it's time to take a break. Uh, We will be back with Tia Keenan and Cutting the Curd in a little bit. Today's program was brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. What do you think of when you hear Wisconsin Cheese? For me, I think cheese curds. Delicious, fresh and squeaky cheese curds. Or deep fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally anyway, anytime, anyplace. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese, the farmstead cheese company behind Pleasant Ridge Reserve. I think of delicious, stinky Limburger and its long storied history. I think of Dunbarton Blue, made by master cheesemaker Chris Raleigh. I think of Ross Grand Cru Sirchois, which was named 2016's World Championship Cheese, and Satori's Black Pepper Bella Vitano, the 2017 U.S. Championship Cheese. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese with lush grasslands and a glacial water supply that produce the very best milk. Fourth-generation cheesemakers combine old-world tradition with new ideas and the highest standards to make innovative cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com.
Hello, we're back with Tia Keenan discussing Chev, her new uh, short stack cheese book. So uh, I want to know another question. Mm. Was the book's format already dictated by the series, or did you have a lot of freedom to select? No, uh, the the. I mean, I think one of the great things about the series is that each the the format runs through the series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that makes it kind of easier to to do it. You just yeah, have to fit it in. You mm-hmm. have to fit it in, and mm-hmm. and also it, it's why the series is so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are little. These books are like fifteen. I think it, they're it's like twelve, thirteen dollars on mm-hmm. Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're fifteen dollars retail, and they're super gifty. They're great in like a little, you know, yeah. basket of things. Yeah, I want I want the cauliflower one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, just to see what it says, you know. I actually cauliflower is one of my favorite foods, and that's that's a really good short stack. I love oh, that one. Good, yeah. good. Oh, I'm gonna buy it. You totally should. <laughs> yeah, but once I saw yours, it was like, oh gosh. Then then I was looking to see they have rhubarb. They yeah, have and they're a really, lot of weird ingredients, and they're design. They're beautifully designed mm-hmm. and really interesting looking. Yeah. Um, now, did they pick the cover, or did you? No, no, no. They they are you know very. They're known for their design. Okay, okay. Hmm. Now, my favorite recipe in the book was the chef chorizo and chocolate panini. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Food Fifty Two just did a piece on it. Oh, cool! And I was just looking through. So they posted that last week, uh-huh. and um, I was looking through Twitter. Like, I searched Chorizo Chev Food 52 to see what people were saying about it. Yeah. And it was, like, 50-50. You know, some people were like, oh, no, like, that doesn't go together. Um, And then other (laughs) people... Had they eaten it? No. Um, I haven't eaten it either. I just want to. It's good. I mean, it's delicious. (laughs) Yeah. You have, again, thinking about Chev as this, like, tangy, bright thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Mm -hmm. the tannins of chocolate, the heat and porkiness of chorizo, and then you have that bright, fresh flavor of chef. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the contrast and the creaminess. Mm-hmm. And Well, I have memories from the panini press, the very old panini press at Murray's. Mm. And <laughs> I'm so sorry you have that memory, Diana. <laughs> no, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice, but we at the end of Murray's, we could only eat when, like, the sandwiches were dropped on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> it it got fewer and fewer paninis for mm. for the uh, staff, but I have that was where I discovered paninis, and mm. they were certainly delicious. Mm-hmm. Though we didn't, I don't know if we used much goat in those paninis. Well, sh- it was see, more mozzarella. Yeah, because chef doesn't melt. It right, doesn't get that's what stringy you talk about. and gooey. Mm-hmm. It gets like warm and creamy and mm-hmm. soft. So it's not like a, it's not a mozzarella. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the pull on mm-hmm. a panini like mm-hmm. that. You're going to get like a right. creamy, a creamy But your warm. description of it is mouthwatering. Mm. I mean, it it's still, it makes you, oh, I got to try that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like even though it's not going to melt like, you know, a traditional cheese yeah. melts. Well, next time I see you when we're off the radio, I'll, I'll make you one. Oh, good, Maybe at our good. next women and cheese Ooh, meeting. Oh, great, great. So now I also wanted to say that only a cheese person would compare any cheese to cozy bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I did that. In the intro, uh-huh. you say something like melting goat cheese 
is soft and inviting as cozy bed sheets. I mean, <laughs> where's the lie, Diane? Where's the lie? Well, <laughs> it, it just captured <laughs> your enthusiasm very well. <laughs> and another thing that was really Tia in the book was that you say, um, you're talking about why you picked goat cheese for the book, mm -hmm. and you're talking about the kindred feelings you have. <laughs> and then you say, uh, goat cheese has a perkiness with a side of reinvention. And I think that's an excellent description of you. <laughs> well, I, 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 I compare, you know, I say that part of my affinity for goats is that I love the yeah. I don't know if I use like the anar I don't know if I use the word anarchy, but I certainly think of it as like the the joie de vivre and the right. the the propensity for chaos <laughs> <laughs> that goats have. I do I do identify with them. Yeah. Now now you said you're in the book it talks about you writing two books at once. Mm -hmm. That must be phenomenally difficult. It's it's grueling. It was pretty grueling. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Are you done with the other book? Yeah. So the other book is um, I going think to be in China being printed. Okay. And it'll be out the first week of October. So you'll have to come back with that book. I'll have to come back. Oh, I'm, my mouth is watering already. Yeah. Yeah. And is good. that um, all recipes or yes. more talk or no? So that's a, another cookbook, mm -hmm. and it's uh, a love letter, a pornographic <laughs> exploration <laughs> of melted cheese. What happens when energy and cheese meet? Ah, okay. And and it's pornographic. I mean, I wanted to make cheese porn, so <laughs> I went for well, it. Well, in the cheese world, I'm sure there are many listeners who mm -hmm. agree that cheese is good for porn. Well, people talk about <laughs> cheese in a really sexual way mm -hmm. all the time. I mean, I feel like, and I'm sure this happens to you, Diane, like when people hear what you do, they almost immediately make some sort of sordid confession <laughs> like oh my god like cheese is better than sex or like oh, if I had to like I could give up everything but I could never give up cheese or or like oh my god I'm so addicted to cheese you yes, know they talk yes, about it in yes, this really this, intense way people do get into their cheese they really they really do. get into it and I sometimes I feel like I'm there like I'm like the priest behind the screen while they make their confession, you know? <laughs> now, I understand also you have chickens in your backyard. I do. Can you tell me, how do you mix chickens and cheese or just tell me about the chickens? How many? So I have four chickens. Mm -hmm. I do live in New York City, so mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not an unlimited amount of right, space. Right, right. Um, I will say that cheese is my second favorite food because eggs, eggs are my first. Oh my gosh, you're you're, love, you're a traitor. <laughs> I love eggs. They're you just the perfect eggs. food. They're the now, perfect food. What do you love about them? Um, I love that all the different ways you can cook them. Mm -hmm. I love that they're great on their own, but they also are great with other things. That's true. I love That's that true. they have all the things <laughs> that my body needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. As does cheese. I have to speak up for yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I've They're always loved They're also less eggs. fattening. Than cheese? Yeah, yeah I would well, say. We're yeah. Not, we're, we don't need to say the F word, <laughs> Diana. 
Um, yeah, so I have chickens. I have four mm-hmm. chickens. Um, I have Charlie, who's my oldest, and she's a barred rock. She's a heritage breed. And then I just got three new ones. I sort of adjusted my flock. And um, I have three red stars. And those are not fancy chickens. Those mm-hmm. are utilitarian, hybrid, like, farmer chickens. Okay, lots of eggs. Lots of eggs. Mm-hmm. They are champion layers. And, but they all... <laughs> no. Is that a term? Well, champion they, layers? They just, they're very consistent layers. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> But I can't, they all look alike, so I can't tell them apart. Uh, so, so I wanted to come up with a name that was a trio name. Mm. So I was like, Destiny's Child didn't really work. So I'm going with Pointer Sisters. <laughs> so I call do my Do they have flock. individual names? They do. My son gave them names, but I can't tell them apart. They really uh, do look alike. Can so he I call, tell them apart? He claims he can, but uh. he's four, so he's not <laughs> the most credible. <laughs> Now, does he go get the chicken eggs? Yeah, I, I got the chickens. With him in mind? Yes. Okay. I waited until he was three. I okay. knew I wanted chickens, but I wanted him to be old enough where he could participate. And you in have a, a big way. enough backyard for chickens? Yeah, I mean, they're not free range, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I have mm-hmm. uh, enough room for, for wow. four, four girls. Does your husband eat chicken, eat eggs? Yeah, we all, we all, we okay. eat our your eggs will you cook a chicken okay or will so, you cook your chicken this is the thing the chickens that we eat like that we buy at the farmer's market at the supermarket mm-hmm. or whatever those are young they mm-hmm. slaughter a meat bird i think at 10 weeks mm-hmm. or maybe even less mm-hmm. so um you know the chickens that i'm raising first of all are not meat birds they're not meat. Right. they're right. they're egg layers right so they're not going to be... Like with cows. It's either yeah. meat or cheese. Exactly. Right. Um, and then also, you know, I'm hopefully they're not dying when they're 10 weeks old. I mean, I would like to keep my hands a couple of years at least. Right, right. Um, but I think when, if they live long enough to retire them, I would consider them like soup chickens <laughs> and would consider doing that. But we did have to call a chicken this winter. We had to... To, to call is to remove a chicken from the flock, and, and we killed the chicken um, uh-huh. because she was sick and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. And she now was a just, sick chicken you shouldn't eat. Or so did we you? didn't eat her oh, okay. because we didn't know what was right. wrong with her, but we did. Um, How old was she? She was about nine months. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she was young. She, she was, was younger than yeah, you would want her to be at, yeah, at I mean, death. She, yeah, she, she <laughs> just she got sick and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. and. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting experience because backyard chickens are, you know, we give them names and there's a certain way that they're pets, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, they're working animals. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're kind of in between for us. Like I'm not full on farmer. I mean, I live in the the city and and I have... But it must make you feel more like a farmer to have chickens. Sure. I mean, you know, I would love to ultimately like have just a go full out homestead at my Mm -hmm. house. Do you want a goat? I would love a goat, but we're not allowed to have them in New York. Okay. Okay. But I would love to raise a turkey. (laughs) I really want to raise. We allowed to have those? I don't, I'm not sure. I really want to raise my own Thanksgiving turkey. Aren't they a little cranky turkeys? They're, they're not as social as yeah. as chickens but you can mm. you can keep them in the same fl- in the same pen as chickens mm-hmm. mm. 
so I could sort of keep them all together. <laughs> and then you would have it have the the turkey for Thanksgiving. That's why I would want to do okay. it, just okay. to raise a turkey for Thanksgiving. I mm-hmm. think that that would be really neat. Hmm. Are we allowed to have pigs? No. No. Okay. No, we're not even allowed to have roosters. Uh, because they're noisy. Because they're noisy. Oh, yeah. okay. And did they change the law about chickens, or was New York always a chicken? I'm not sure, but New York has a really, is great, because they don't have really any restrictions on chickens. Mm -hmm. You can have as many chickens as you want. Mm -hmm. Um, In a lot of suburban places, they'll either ban chickens totally, or they'll put a cap on how many you can Mm -hmm. have, or Mm -hmm. other restrictions about where your coop has to be, or whatever. But in New York, they don't have any restriction on the number of chickens, but they do say, you know, that a reasonable number. So the, the way that the city deals with that is they can they can determine if you're being reasonable or not. Ah. So like if you have a lot of chickens and it's a and big, your big old mess and your right, neighbors are right, complaining, right, then right. I guess the Department of Health probably shows up and says too many chickens. Too many chickens and Right. Yeah, and then they regulate it. Case now, by do case. your neighbors see your chickens? Uh-huh. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they? Do you give them eggs? No, I don't really get enough eggs. Okay. Um, to be giving them away, mm-hmm. I get enough just to feed the, enough to feed the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're definitely a neighborhood attraction. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly for the kids, they mm-hmm. like to come over. And, <laughs> and we recently brought one of our chickens to my son's nursery school for show, for and, show tell. and tell. Oh, great! It was so cute. <laughs> Oh, that is cute. <laughs> he was a so big proud. Hit, a he was so proud. <laughs> oh, great. Well, we're out of time, and we didn't have time to get political, unfortunately. We want Diane. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to break down some me too in the cheese business. Ah, <sighs> gosh. Well, I did know when you were coming on the show, we might think about discussing it. <laughs> But instead, you were like, I'm going to get her to talk about chickens yes, so she doesn't ruin yes, her career. Yes. <laughs> or mine. <laughs> Diane, I appreciate you looking out for both of us. But I think I think we'd have to do a whole show. We and, should do a whole and show. And announce it from the start. You know, well, We me should do too. a round table yeah, with yeah. a bunch of... Yes, yes, with a bunch of witches. I would love that. Women and cheese. Yes, yeah. that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will, we will put that... In our thinking cap, under our thinking caps. Okay. Okay. So thank you very much for being on. I love your book, thank and I you. look forward to your next one. Thank you. You can buy it at shortstackeditions.com or on Amazon or anywhere okay. else. And it came out just... It came out last week. Oh, great. Great. Okay. We're signing off. We're cutting the curd. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.